Well, the leaves are changing, the days are getting shorter, and the hallows are weaning. That, of course, means that it's time for Scara Informa, our annual Halloween episode. And it also means that this week is CJSR's Fun Drive. My name is Andrea Miller, and I'm just one of a few volunteers you'll be hearing from during this special edition of our show this week. Our host station, CJSR 88.5 FM, is entirely volunteer-run, and we rely on donations from listeners like you to keep creating a diverse range of programming that challenges the status quo. For me, CJSR means community, and volunteering with Terra Informa has really been an opportunity to center those under-the-radar stories and perspectives that I care about most. If you're a fan of the show and you want to help keep independent and local radio on air, please consider donating whatever you can to CJSR. Plus, you can even snag yourself some sweet perks. You can donate at cjsr.com or by texting CJSR to 41010 to quickly and anonymously donate $10. Even though this year's Scara Informa is a bit more of a silly episode, we would like to acknowledge that this episode of Terra Informa was produced in Treaty 6 territory, in Amiskwichiba Skygen, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We are broadcasting from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced following consistent efforts from local officials to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty and inherent rights to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together including Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Wherever you're listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you are on. Now, without further ado, Scara Informa presents Terra Informa Investigations, Who Killed the Dodo? You've reached Terranforma Investigations. In the 17th century, the dodo bird went extinct. Why? Who is this? Someone killed the dodo. The clues are all there. Figure it out. Wait, 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 wait. to coast to coast. This is Terra Informa Investigations. My name is Detective Sonic Patel, Private Eye, and Private Guy. It's been a few hours since I received that phone call, and I still can't get it out of my head. Anyone who's anyone knows about the case of the Dodo, 
one of environmentalism's most infamous cold cases. A bird on Paradise Island goes from thriving to extinct in under a century. But who killed the dodo? I've been doing environmental investigations for 35 years. It's a dirty job. It'll crush your soul and bury your spirit. I've investigated oil spills in major waterways. I've seen wildfires and forests from temperate to boreal. I've even seen pipelines built without adequate impact assessment frameworks. But extinctions? Extinctions are the big one. And the dodo is the most famous extinction. Someone committed murder. And our mystery caller wants me to figure out who. Step one of any investigation, know your victim. I'm a private eye, not a bird ologist. I think I need to call in a favor. Hey, detective, come on in. How was the drive? Thank you. It was good. It was fun. It was a very fun drive. I'm recording this. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. That's Charlotte. She's an ornithologist, which is apparently the newfangled word to replace birdologist. And she's one of the best in the world. Well, one of the best in the Edmonton metropolitan area, which is still respectable. She's a good dame, optimistic, bright-eyed. This line of work hasn't broken her yet, but it will. Or it won't. I don't know. Honestly, I don't really know her that well. So, to what do I owe the honor? I'm working a case. What can you tell me about the dodo bird? Hmm, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I think I may have some old files in here somewhere. Ah, here we go. Raphis cuculatus a.k.a. the dodo bird. They were a flightless bird, around a meter tall and weighing 25 to 40 pounds. They had brown-gray feathers, yellow feet, and a gray head. Or so we think. It's hard to get exact details because we don't have much in the way of physical remains. In fact, most dodo skeletons are composites, and it's incredibly rare to find them complete. I've never even seen one, and I love bones! Sadly, a lot of what we know about the dodo relies on drawings and historical records. And we can't be sure how reliable those are. I, I heard a rumor. A little birdie told me that the dodo was a big birdie. Listen, I've heard the rumors. I don't buy it. A bird like the dodo would have seasonal weight changes. I bet these depictions are from people who saw the birds at peak winter weight. Many paintings by Roland Savory depict these rotund birds, but there are also original sketches by Jacob Van Neck that depict a more athletic bird. Hmm. 
Well, even so, a flightless bird sounds like a sitting duck. No, not like a duck. In fact, they're actually in the family Columbidae, the same as pigeons and doves. Pigeons and doves. This is the part of the job that I hate the most. But if I'm going to figure out who killed the dodo, I need to know everything about them. Any detail could be a clue. Any secret could be a lead. I need to know everything. Even if it means I have to cold call family. Hi. I'm a private eye, calling from Terraform Investigations. I was hoping I could ask you some questions. About the dodo bird. I understand they were family. I just wanted to ask about... Well, that wasn't very helpful. Let's get back to it. Well, what about behavior, a routine, something that could suggest motive or opportunity? That's kind of a fuzzy area. All we have are historical records. Explorers describe the birds as docile and lazy. But the truth is, the dodo was the apex predator of their ecosystem. I think they may have even evolved to stop flying because they could access nuts, seeds, fallen fruit, even small bugs and seafood on the ground. They had a buffet right under their feet. Sounds like the dodo wasn't the perfect little bird we all thought it was. Are there any leads, suspects in the extinction? That's the thing. The dodo had no natural predators. They were at the top of the food chain. Where exactly did the dodo live? The dodo was endemic to Mauritius. Endemic? Oh, your college words don't impress me much. It means the dodo only lived in one place. Dodo birds only existed on Mauritius Island. Only one place, you say? Hmm. Now that is interesting. What's happening? Are you going to explain why that's interesting? We're going to do an ad read first. Okay. Uh, should I leave? Yes. You're listening to Terra Informa a production of CJSR 88.5 FM. It's CJSR's annual fun drive, which is like regular drive, but more fun and less detrimental to our urban landscape. CJSR is listener-supported community radio and relies on donations from listeners like you to stay on the air. We need about $100,000 or else. 
If you're a fan of Terra Informa and want to help keep local news and storytelling on the radio, please consider making a donation. Check out our website, CJSR, to make a donation. Charlotte left me with more questions than answers. I knew I needed to dig further. Step one of any investigation is know your crime scene. The island of Mauritius. I don't know much about it, except that it's an island and it's called Mauritius. And it's in the ocean, presumably. But that's somewhat related to the first fact, the one about the island. So I called in another favor. Liz is a fan of the show and an expert in the geography and history of Mauritius. When I reached out, she had some interesting things to say. Look at this. This is an original map of a Southwest Bay drawn in the 1600s aboard the Dutch ship, the Gelderland. They mentioned dodos. Wow, that is a super cool and interesting artifact that you brought along for this audio-only format. Well, what can you tell me about the place? Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, Mauritius is a volcanic island off the southeast coast of Africa in the Indian Ocean. The island contains coastal plains that rise to a central plateau. The first humans on the island landed in 1507. They were Portuguese explorers. They established a pretty small settlement, but they didn't really do too much in the place. In 1598, the Dutch inhabited the island and they attempted to establish a colony. The island was later owned by the French and the British and eventually gained independence in the late 1960s. Do you think these early colonists could have eaten the dodo? Oh, they definitely ate the dodo. There's records of that. Humans hunted down the bird for food especially because they appear to have been an easy catch. They weren't really afraid of people. A motive. Hungry. I guess our victim wasn't at the top of the food chain anymore. What can you tell me about the island's climate? Maritime, subtropical. Fairly uniform temperatures throughout the year. A warm place like that, far from the coast, must be a lot of endemic species. A lot of endemic what? You don't know what endemic means? Read a book. Species that are unique to the place. Oh, well, I know there are some unique flora and fauna, some birds that are unique to the island, some plants, but they're rare and they're at risk. What do you mean at risk? Most of the original forest ecosystem has been destroyed. Less than 2% of the native forest is still there because of anthropogenic impacts. Human habitats, obviously, but the big impact is the arrival of invasive species. It completely transformed the environment of the place. You don't say. I did say, just right now. Can you believe it? Before 1507, before the first human stepped foot on the island, there were no terrestrial mammals there? I can believe that. I can believe anything 
as long as it means I fill time for the show. Thanks for coming down, Liz. Oh, more than happy to be on the show. Um, can you compensate me for the mileage? Absolutely not. Um, can you at least validate the parking? I can't validate anything on this show. Well, there we have it. A paradise island. A bird with no predators and nothing to fear. Until the most heinous, horrific of crimes happen. Something that shakes me to my very core. listening to Terra Informa on CJSR 88.5 FM. It's our annual fun drive where we ask for your money or we'll break your kneecaps. CJSR is 100% volunteer run and we rely on donations to keep the station from being turned into luxury apartments and upscale boutique retail. So if you like the show and care about keeping independent local storytelling on the radio, please consider donating to keep the station on the airwaves. Because if CJSR goes under, then I'm just going to sit here in my basement talking to no one, and that terrifies me. And frankly, it should terrify you. You can donate at cjsr.com or by calling 780-492-2577, extension 0. Thanks for listening. And now back to Terra Informa Investigations. Finally, I have all the pieces I need to solve this thing. And if you're interested in hearing me put it all together, check out the next season of Terror Informa Investigations. That's all the time I have for today. In the meantime, we do have some merch for sale, and we're inexplicably doing live shows across the country, despite the live format completely clashing with the structure and topic of the show. You can visit our subreddit to send me your wild conjecture on any number of topics. We'll catch you next... What's that? Sorry, my producer is just giving me a note. This much time is left in the episode? Okay, never mind. I'm going to solve it now. The first step to any investigation is to establish a timeline. Pre-arrival, before 1500, the dodo lives a happy life on Mauritius, where it can live, eat, and procreate. By the end of the 17th century, the dodo was gone. The exact details are a little fuzzy. Some reports say 1662, some say 1688. But this gives us about a 150 year window in which the extinction occurred. So who killed the dodo? And why? And how? And who? 
Suspect 1. Human Consumption The historical records show that the explorers on the island were not averse to consuming the bird. I found multiple records of people describing the flavor. Some thought it was good. Others called it flavorless. And this makes sense, right? The dodo would have no instinct to run and hide from humans. They've never needed to escape a predator before. This made them easy targets for the humans on the island. And humans like to eat. So there it is. Nice and easy, right? Too easy. There weren't that many people on the island during the period of 1507 to 1688. Records suggest less than 250 at peak. Definitely not enough to eat the dodo into extinction. In fact, excavations of a Dutch settlement on the island suggest the residents mostly ate livestock and local fish, not the dodo bird. So humans didn't hunt the dodo to extinction. But who did? While well, humans weren't the only novel predator who came to the island in 1507. Aboard the human ships came rats and cats, dogs and hogs. One of the invasive species that excelled on the island was a long-tailed macaque monkey, who thrived in this novel ecosystem. On an island that formerly had no terrestrial mammals, these invaders came to quickly dominate the island. And just like with humans, dodos, the famously unflying, were easy targets. Not only were birds hunted and consumed, dodo lay their eggs at ground level. We might think that was silly, but from an evolutionary perspective, this was not an issue, as they didn't have to worry about any animals on the island eating them. That is, until the invasive species came. And finally, suspect number three. The island of Mauritius was a finely tuned ecosystem. Humans and the animals they brought with them transformed this ecosystem. Dutch colonists deforested the island, exporting the ebony trees. They established sugarcane plantations, and only a small amount of the original forest remains. The loss of native habitat the habitat that allowed the dodo to thrive, and the loss of the dodo are intrinsically tied. So three suspects, human consumption, new predatory mammals, and the loss of the ecosystem. Who killed the dodo? They all did. Each of these actors compounding each other, overcoming the ability of the species to adapt to the rapidly changing circumstances. After millions of years living in Mauritius, the dodo was never designed to be prey. And the speed at which the ecosystem was transformed by the invasive species, including humans, meant the dodo never even got a chance to adapt. And so our three killers working together drove the dodo to extinction. But the thing is, this was not a one-off event, a crime of necessity, or even passion. This was a crime of habit, of greed, arrogance, and apathy. 
That's right. A serial killer. The Dodo was never the only victim. I did some research. Looked at the case files for environmental crimes in the area. Over a hundred species of plants and animals went extinct in Mauritius since humans came to the island. And more still are at risk, even with conservation efforts today. Did humans intend to cause the extinction of these birds when they came to the island? No. But the road to hell, intended or not, invasive species killed the dodo. And that's just one island. How many islands are on this planet? It's gotta be at least 30. Billions of ecosystems, all across the planet. How many more species have to die? How many have we already lost? The climate is changing. Humans are drastically transforming and polluting our ecosystems. And just like the dodo, many organisms will not be able to adapt to the rapid changes to their homes and communities. In just the last year, we've lost the pinta giant tortoise, the splendid poison frogs, the spix macaw, the pyrian ibex, the Yangtze River Dolphin, and the Western Black Rhino, among many, many other plants and animals. Too many to list here, so I'll make a Patreon episode exclusive about it. Some people are calling this the sixth mass extinction, the Holocene extinction. I know it. Whoever called me at the start of the episode knows it. And you know it too. Humans are causing significant and sometimes irreversible changes everywhere. And an innocent bird pays the price. And as for our mystery caller, I don't know. Honestly, I, I forgot to look into that. It definitely wasn't me just trying to set up the episode, though. It was for sure a real person who was actually calling me. Don't tweet at me about that. I, I promise you. Another case closed, but no justice. And all I can do is turn my collar to the wind and start the next case. Catch you next week, right here on Terra Informa Investigations. Thanks for listening to this year's Scara Informa. As a reminder, this year's Scara Informa was produced in support of CJSR's annual fund drive. Terra Informa is produced every week by a team of volunteers. Your donations help keep the station up and running and allow us to keep sharing environmental news, stories, and ideas each week. CJSR not only provides a place for awesome independent radio that highlights voices, perspectives, stories, and music that are often underrepresented in mainstream media, but it also provides a fantastic sense of community to its volunteers and listeners. For myself, especially over the last couple years of COVID, weekly online meetings with the Terra Informa crew have consistently been the highlights of my weeks. 
If you've ever volunteered with CJSR or know someone who has, you probably know what I'm talking about. So let's help keep it going. To donate, you can visit cjsr.com, call 780-492-2577, extension 0, or text CJSR to 41010 to anonymously donate $10. If you like listening to Terra Informa each week, we would love if you supported our show. Any amount helps to make a difference. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all of our content is created by a team of volunteers. This episode was written by Sonic Patel and produced by me, Hannah Cunningham. Check out our website, terrainforma.ca, or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. We will catch you next year for the return of Scare Informa, and next week for more environmental news and stories, right here on Terra Informa.